Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Welcome to NBA Today, presented by Xfinity Mobile. Right now, as a 16-year-old, what's your long-term goal? To get to the NBA. The Cavaliers select LeBron James. All of the NBA players. Giannis Adetokounmpo. Try to make it to the pros if I have a chance. That happened, baby. Everybody loves playing NBA. NBA! I'm going to just keep working hard. and Someday, it could be another one that could be compared to me. A generational talent. Welcome to NBA Today, presented by Xfinity Mobile. I'm Malika Andrews. I'm here in New York City ahead of the the 2023 draft. Austin Rivers, Richard Jefferson holding it down in Los Angeles. Austin, I hope Richard is being okay to you. It's camera two. You got to look at camera two. There you go. There's your camera. Oh, see? I'm just showing him. Nobody's telling me anything right now. I got you. 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 I got down to the 2023 NBA Draft is on, and Victor Wembanyama, the projected first overall pick, he arrived in New York yesterday. You can see him here, guys. He's already signing Spurs jerseys, some basketballs. He makes his way to what is sure to be a busy week, including an exclusive sit-down interview with us for tomorrow's show. So let's just get straight to it, guys. Austin, you figured out your camera? You good? You ready? (laughs) (laughs) Richard, I'm going to start with you on this one. We've talked so much about what kind of prospect Victor Wembanyama is, but we haven't seen him play in an NBA game yet. What do you believe his ceiling is going to be in this league? Well, I I think you need to be realistic, but he has all of the tools to be a great player. And there's very rare that you see a player come in there with this type of height, with this type of physical ability, with this type of skill, all of these things. Am I one of the people that says he needs to be LeBron James at the end of his career or he needs to be Kareem Abdul-Jabbar at the end of his career? No. But I do believe that there has not been a person with the physical tools and gifts that he has that we've ever seen before. And that's where we're going to leave it. So his ceiling is whatever he can accomplish, but he has all the tools to accomplish great things. Right, and you've said that perhaps he is the greatest prospect ever, that perhaps if he and LeBron James were in the same draft, that Victor Wembanyama would still go number no, it's one. Not but perhaps. at the end of the day, it's not perhaps. Yeah, sorry, get rid of the perhaps. It is absolutely that he would be still <laughs> the number at one me, pick. Bro. Look at the camera. But Austin, in whatever direction you're looking, when you're inside the locker room, we've heard what Giannis Attentacumpo has had to say about we need to get yeah. ready for this guy. We've heard LeBron James say that forget unicorn, he's an alien. What are guys saying when you're what are you hearing? What are the discussions? around him in the league because you're the only current player here. 
Yeah, I mean, right now it's the unknown with this guy. We, we've never mm. seen anything like him. Uh, you know, when LeBron James came in, he was a figure of his own. We didn't know what to expect from him. We just knew greatness was ahead. Similar with Zion Williams, with his body type. When he came in, there was a hype around him. But I have never seen somebody with this type of size and his coordination. You look at that picture when he's standing next to Rudy Gobert. He's like four right. or five inches taller, but the guy moves like a guard. <laughs> You're looking at these clips right here. I, we have never seen a player ever come in the NBA with his skill set, his coordination, uh, his offense and defense abilities. I mean, the sky's the limit. I do agree with Richard. He doesn't have to be an Akeem Olajuwon, a, a Kareem, a, a, you know, Abdul Jabbar. This guy's his own entity, his own, his own name, his own right. He's gonna have his own career, but superstardom is definitely ahead for him. Uh, I'm really excited. I mean, it's not that often that you see a guy miss a three, rebound, rebound his own yeah, shot with a put-back dunk. Like, it's, it's just crazy. insane. Hey, Austin, do you know what tomorrow is? Wednesday. It's also Richard Jefferson's birthday. <gasps> uh, do and that. that means you were do drafted do do 22 years ago, Richard. Do Take us inside the that. mindset of players as they're heading into this week. I can tell you my mindset towards you two right now. I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's crazy. It, it, look, it was 22 years ago. Look at that. They said that. I don't remember who. They compared me to Ooh. Shannon Anderson, right? But look, at the end of the day, this is what you've dreamed <laughs> of. This is your entire life. This is everything. And so to be in this position, you soak it all in. Mm. There's going to be guys that are upset because of where they went. There's going to be guys that are upset because they thought they were going to go higher. than. But at the end of the day, when you were sitting in your backyard, when you were at the gym, when you were at the park, and you were 12 years old collecting ba basketball cards, this is your dream. So just enjoy yeah. it, have fun, and then all the drama pretty, pretty much starts right after the, the time they call your name. What about you, Austin? I mean, yeah, it kind of went by as a blur. Uh, yeah. The draft night, you, you just kind of wait for your name to be called, especially if you're one of those guys in the green room. You know, the entire time you're just hoping your name gets called. You Were you in the green room? I was. I was oh, going to pick. Oh, okay. No, I'm, Thank you. I didn't know. Um, look, look at this guy. Lineup. This, this. <laughs> No, nice. no, let's not talk about the haircut. This is, this is, <laughs> that was young me. I was trying to grow a goatee at the time. But as you can see, the suit still, Richard. Still? Take still, notes. Still fits. Yeah, still okay. fits. Okay. Uh, but yeah, no, it's, it's an amazing week, man. All these players' dreams are coming yeah. true. This is a moment they've been looking for their whole life. And uh, it's really exciting to see these guys' faces when their name gets called and their families' reactions. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. One of my favorite things sitting, because our stage is sort of up above the green room. And just if you can sneak a look back at, the faces of mom, the faces of dad, like the faces of everyone who has been along the journey every yep. step of the way that gets to see mm. this moment. To me, that's what gives me butterflies, and it's one of my favorite things about the draft. And everyone's path here is a little bit different. Victor Wembanyama, obviously, you use the word hype. The fanfare that is surrounding him this week, it, it's pretty unprecedented. I mean, take a look at this. He has a busy week. The Yankees tweeted out earlier that we look forward to welcoming Wemby to the stadium tonight to deliver the ceremonial first pitch. So he's doing it all. He's doing it on the hardwood. He's doing it off of it. Austin, show us exactly what you see when you watch him play because you told us it, it's unprecedented. Yeah, it's, it's uh, as LeBron James would put it, it's alien-like. I mean, uh, this guy, for him to be able to grab rebounds, push it coast to coast, finish at the basket, shoot the three, you know, watch this clip right here. I mean, this guy comes out, there's at least eight feet between him and the, and the offensive player. He blocks the shot, gets the deflection, comes down, has a skill to put the ball behind his back. He's a, a seven-foot 
three, I mean, it seems like each day he grows. Yeah, he's seven four. I don't know if he's seven five. Look, at the end of the day, though, like you just don't understand because you've never seen it. He's gonna let me be, let's be real. Awesome, we know this. He's gonna have some bad nights in the NBA. Yep. He's gonna catch a body. He's gonna get dunked on. He's gonna get pushed to the floor. But at the end of the day, I think he's going to do more dangerous things than have dangerous things done to him. It's insane, man. Splitting the defense as a seven-footer between With his left guards, hand. putting the ball low between his knees so they don't get it, finishing at the basket. He has all the intangibles of a superstar, and to have it this young, uh, you know, we just have never seen before, man. Well, I, I, look, this is the part that I'm most excited about, is that when we watch him, we're going to get to see all of the other players. I want to see him versus Giannis. I want to see him versus Embiid. And he's going to lose these matchups. Yep. He is going to lose these matchups. But remember Giannis when he came in. Remember Embiid when he came in. Remember Braun when he came in. It takes years. Yep. But none of them have had the skill set that he has. But still to come on NBA Today, Brian Windhorst stops by with the latest on Dame Lillard's future with the Blazers. Do the Blazers owe it to Dame to trade that pick? We'll discuss. Plus, the Suns traded for Bradley Bill, but how will he fit in with KD and Devin Booker in Phoenix? I have plenty, plenty of thoughts. And what's next for the point guard? Could we see Chris Paul point back guard? at point? I was going to call him guard. I didn't want to call him god. No, he's he's point, point god. god. Anyways, more of that when NBA TV is back. Point guard, NBA TV, what do you think? NBA Today, what are you going to call him? Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. NBA Today is presented by Xfinity Mobile, the best kept wireless secret. And in part by Expedia, made to travel. The loyalty part, that's just who I am. I roll with who I roll with, and if I was to ever not get that loyalty in return, then I can live with that because I don't expect everybody to, to be me. If Damian Lillard was in another market other than the Pacific Northwest, we'd be talking more about Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard! This is a superstar! And I think this year, you know, I did think I had my best year individually, but it didn't, it didn't lead to wins. If I was a betting man, I would say this is the last that we've seen of him there. I don't have much of an appetite for building, you know, guys two and three years away from really going after it, you know what I'm saying? Damian Lillard, he wears his identity right right on his chest. The, the zero that he wears, it's not actually a zero, it's an O. O for Oakland, where he grew up, for Oregon, where he's now playing, for Ogden, where he went to school. But Brian, despite the fact that he's played his entire career with the Portland Trailblazers, 
over and over again, year after year, we hear the calls for when is this time going to be up with the Blazers? They get louder and louder. So Portland has the number three pick in the 2023 NBA draft. What are you hearing about both their plans for that pick and then also how that could impact Dame's future? Yeah, so over the last couple of days, Malika, teams who've been dealing with the Blazers have come to the conclusion that the Blazers are going to probably keep that pick. At least that's their plan on Tuesday of draft week, which is the centerpiece for misinformation. But And Jonathan Gavoni, in his mock draft that he released today, backed up what I had heard as well, that that is what the Blazers are currently planning. And Dame Willard, as you know, at the end of the season, made it clear he did not want to play with another young player. He wanted the Blazers to trade that pick for, um, you know, veteran help that could help him immediately. And the Blazers general manager, Joe Cronin, echoed that. Um, so after hearing what the Blazers' plans were, I checked in on Dame's side of it, and I was told that Dame's feelings are exactly the same, that he wants to play with veteran help and wants that to come immediately. He's not interested in a youth movement. Now, mm. just because they don't trade the number three peak pick, Malika, it doesn't mean that they're not going out and trying to get veterans. Okay. Um, and just because you're saying they're going to use the pick on Tuesday doesn't mean that they're going to use it on Thursday. But I do think that that is a bit of a, 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 you know, a pinch point for the future of Dame Lillard is what the Blazers decide to do with this pick. And that video that we just showed is actually from today of Damian Lillard in the facility, which he so often does in the offseason. He's regularly there. He's regularly working out. But those shots that he was getting up were from today. Uh, Dame Bryan is arguably coming off one of his, his best offensive years ever. He put up over 32 points per game, 46% from the field. However, he did sit out the last 10 games of the season after it was clear that the Blazers, they would not make the playoffs. And then Portland lost nine of those of course that also just so happened to help their lottery odds a bit here so back here with richard jefferson and austin rivers joining us as well earlier this morning damian lillard he liked a tweet about zion williamson it said quote the blazers should go out and get zion at damian lillard so so what do you think richard what should the blazers do here I don't know. I think they waited about a year too long, in my personal opinion. I think they waited about a year too long. You have to make a decision as a franchise. I respect Dame's loyalty. I respect his game and what he brings every single day. Even when they lose players, they're not as talented, he brings it every single day. Dame is one of the most respected competitors in our league. At the end of the day, it's the same thing with Washington. What are you doing? Can you build a team around them? No. Then move on with them. Or just say, we're going to start over. So you don't know. I don't know the direction of the organization. They've changed their coaches. They've changed their GM. There's been rumors that they're possibly up for sale. So you don't know what they're doing as far as, are we going to go into the tax? Because we know it's damn near impossible to win the championship, unless you're lucky, without going into the tax. So I don't know what they're doing. I think Dame, should, I want to see Dame play in meaningful games. I think we're going to see that with Bradley Beal. I want to see him back there. But that's all we know. I don't know what the Blazers are going to do. I think if they draft that pick and they keep it, that, that, that should say, say something to Dame because his window is closing and it's closing quickly. Hmm. Austin, you play against Dame all of the time. When you head to Portland, right, what is the mindset playing against this team? What is the feeling of what they are missing? Oh, well, they're missing a lot. Uh, Damien's like the one guy really on the scouting report that you really key in on. And for right. me personally, I'm in agreement with Richard. I, I, they're not one piece away from being a contender. So I, I don't really understand the point of them trying to go get a Zion or anything like that. I think at this point in his career where he's at, he's 30 years old, he's still in his prime, I would love to see him play meaningful basketball. He's done his service in Portland. He's actually passed the time of that, in my opinion. I think mm. a little of this or a lot of this is him 
really not wanting to fall on his own sword because he's been so adamant about not chasing rings and not leaving and he wants to stay loyal to Portland, but I think he's shown that. I would like to see him out of there. I would like to see Portland take Scoot and restart. They still have Simons. They still have uh, uh, Jeremy Grant. They have young talent. They can kind of rebuild. I would like to see Damian go to a contending team and play some big-time basketball. He's a big-time player. He's one of the best point guards in the NBA. I would love to see him out of there. Brian, you said that it's not necessarily one or the other, that they draft, that Portland drafts the number three pick, and that that, that automatically leaves means that Damian Lillard is going to be leaving. So what would the signal be? What are you hearing on that front? Yeah, so uh, there's been this term that's been floating around in Portland. It's been floating, you know, Jonathan Gavoni has used it. Um, it's been used in people that I've talked to out of Portland. Thread the needle, and this is sort of trademark, thread the needle, which kind of means draft a player and keep Dame. Hmm. And we know how hard threading the needle is. I, I mean, yes, it's possible. Do I think it's likely? I'm not so clear on that. And Malika, here's what I think has really happened here. When the Blazers were holding the fifth pick, it was easier to envision trading it for a veteran. Sure. When they hopped up in the lottery and got very fortunate, they got a chance to draft a player who potentially would have been the number one pick last year or next year or the year after. And the, 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 looking at passing up on that player versus what you could get in trade became a lot more difficult. And so I think they're trying to get – and by the way, I'm not surprised at all Dame was there today because from what I understand, Dame has been involved in the draft process. He has yeah. been he's been at some of the draft workouts. He has been in some meetings with them. But the but the issue is he's just at the point where he's not he just doesn't want to go that that direction. And and he has wavered back and forth. I don't think he's anything is locked down. I want to be very careful not to paint myself into a corner here. But it was been it's been made clear to me that threading the needle might not be a viable option for the Blazers. Yeah, you said it on the Hoop Collective podcast. Damian Lillard is as involved, understands the cap, understands the new CBA as much as any star in the league. He studies these things. He wants to understand the business side of basketball as well. I'm a terrible seamstress. I can't sew, so I wish the Blazers the very best of luck with trying to thread that needle. But what direction Portland's going to go in? That's just one of the many questions that are coming up this offseason. It's all a puzzle. And Bobby Marks, he explains how the pieces are going to need to fit together for the 2023-24 season. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. From the first player domino to fall, Fred Van Vliet is declining his $22.8 million player option to teams reinventing themselves with blockbuster trades. 
The Washington Wizards are finalizing a trade to send Bradley Beal to the Phoenix Suns. They're looking for the next all-star shift to shake up the league. It is not hyperbole to say that the entire power dynamic of the NBA has shifted overnight. We're about to enter arguably the most exciting time in the NBA, the offseason. It all starts in Dallas with the future of Kyrie Irving. After acquiring the former All-Star in February, the Mavericks are faced with a decision. Do they sign the guard and pair him up with Luka Doncic for the foreseeable future? Or after losing Jalen Brunson last offseason, does history once again repeat itself, this time with Irving? And if it does, is there a reunion in store with his former teammate, LeBron James in Los Angeles? Speaking of reunions, is Houston the next stop for James Harden? A Harden return to Houston accelerates a three-year rebuild that started when the former MVP was traded to Brooklyn. It would also leave the current MVP, Joel Embiid, in Philadelphia without their second-best player and forced to explore the trade market searching for his replacement. Irving and Harden join a free agent class that includes Fred Van Vliet, Brooke Lopez, and Draymond Green. Team building is also at the forefront this offseason. The Golden State Warriors enter the offseason without the architect to their four championships, GM Bob Myers. The future of Draymond Green and a new collective bargaining agreement that penalizes and restricts roster building for high spending teams could see the Warriors championship window begin to close. And finally, who is the next all-star under contract on the move? Bump drives, runs it up, yes! 71 for Damian Lillard. So grab your popcorn and buckle up, because the games might be over, but a new sweepstakes has begun. Oh, I'm grabbing my popcorn, Bobby. So many questions to be answered, including we do know that KD, Devin Booker, Bradley Beal, they formed a big three in Phoenix, but how are they actually going to look on the court? It's not like super teams have been going so well. Plus, what does that mean is next for Chris Paul? So our panel on where the point guard could land if he doesn't sting in D.C. Also, Scoot Henderson or Brandon Miller? Our mock draft crew breaks down who the Hornets should select with that number two pick. NBA Today will be right back. Watching NBA Today, presented by Xfinity Mobile. The blockbuster in the NBA. The Suns are finalizing a trade for all-star guard Bradley Beal. I mean, he's a Hall of Fame all-star. Call him just a scorer as dimension who he is. There's no in-between with this Phoenix it's either you're getting to an NBA Finals and winning a championship, or this is going to be deemed a major, major disappointment. All right, welcome back to NBA Today. Bradley Beal is almost headed to Phoenix, so pending some high-level accounting maneuvers to get Chris Paul on a contending team. We will get to all of that stuff later. First, I want to talk to Big Perk, and I want to know, Big Perk, out of all you've seen, all the games you've played, what do you think this fit is for Bradley Beal with the Phoenix Suns? It's a great fit. And the only people that are saying it's not going to work are people that are just flat out hate. Because when you look at this, this trio right now, 
And I look at Kevin Durant, who shot 55% from the uh, field last year. I look at Devin Booker, who shot 49% from the field last year. And I look at Bradley Beal in 50 games, he shot 50%. All of these guys are efficient, elite scorers. All of these guys can play on the ball. They can play off the ball. They can spot up. It's different roles you can put these guys into. And so when I look at this three, I'm looking at all these guys and all of them are underrated playmakers. When you talk about Kevin Durant, we saw a great version of him when uh, James Harden and Kyrie was out when he was with Brooklyn. He was almost averaging about 10 assists a game. We saw what uh, Devin Booker did last post this past postseason and the growth that he took. And we saw at times we didn't see enough of Bradley Beal on national TV. But if you watch basketball, Bradley Beal is an underrated playmaker. So now all of a sudden you're here in June and you still have about two or three months to fill in the gaps to see what else you want to do with the roster, whether or not you want to keep DeAndre Ayton. And last but not least, we all know that Money Williams didn't deserve to be fired. But he got fired because it was tension in that locker room. And you cannot win a, ch a championship with tension in the locker room, whether it was between him and DeAndre Ayton. Whatever the case may be, you can't win on that level. So I, I know everybody is saying, well, health is an is a, is a issue. Health is an issue, period, when the team is trying to win a championship. You hear all champions talk about, man, we were so lucky to be healthy. So all the people out there that are saying, oh, it's not going to work or this is not a great fit, they don't have enough depth, they're really just hating because, once again, just when the world thought super teams were done, here we are talking about one today. No, you bring up a great point, Perk. I am positive there was no tension in that Celtic locker room during your championship runs ever. But, Austin, I want to talk to you. I want to ask you that. Oh, oh, okay, tell that to Rondo and Ray. You want to you keep going, young fella? That was after the first championship, Richard. Okay, so that's why you guys never won again. Okay, that's fair. All right, Austin, let's get to you. I want to address you. Are you all right? You're sweating quite a bit. It's hot in here. It is, okay, it is <laughs> warm in here. So, Austin, I want to ask you, look, you've played against multiple big threes. You've seen different big threes, whether it's the Golden State one. Um, are you old enough to play against Miami? I'm not sure. But what I want to know from you is this. When you watch how big threes work, you've studied basketball, you've been around it your whole life, what do you think the makeup of this big three is? Well, first, I want to thank you for alluding that I'm still young and in my prime at age 30. Okay. That out there. Uh, <laughs> secondly, uh, I, I do think this team can work. I think there's three <laughs> questions that come to mind. Uh, number one, where does Frank Vogel's voice come in? You know, how much of the team buy into him? Obviously, Monty was a huge leader for that team, despite the tension that wasn't in the locker room. That's question number one. Question number two is, yeah, who is the facilitator? I know Bradley Beal has been that at times. Devin's been that at times. And Kevin has shown capability. But all three of them are prolific scorers. Someone's going to have to take the back seat. And, I, you know, I, I believe those that are really the main issues regarding this team. And the, the last issue for me would be who are the role players that are going to fill in the rest of this cast? Because that's, that's, a, that's an important question right now. Okay, well, look, we're going to work on this camera two thing. We're going to keep working on it, all right? Only camera three. That was camera three in the beginning. When you go to your one shot, you go where, to camera where two. Where was in the ear supposed to be telling you that? Listen, we don't, we don't do that. But listen, I'm sweating even more. <laughs> 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 
Ladies and gentlemen, y'all can see how my young guy is sweating them curls and sweat. But like Perk said, said, I am a hater. If you don't believe they can work, then allow me to be the number one hater. Hate McNasty, that's what they like to call me. So, ladies and gentlemen, let's talk about some other big threes and talk about why they're different. Let's roll the first one. Why was this big three different? Look at this. The set, the, the perk, you remember this. All three of these players play different positions. Ray Allen became a spot up shooter. Kevin Garnett, all of his numbers went down, but he still became defensive player of the year. And do you want to know one part that's missing? They had a young Rondo. At the time, people didn't know that he was, you know, a borderline, I don't want to say Hall of Famer, but he's in that conversation for a guy that was dominant. They had a floor general. They had a Doc Rivers who they already knew had been there. The system was in place. They had to add that. So you know what else? So that's why I don't want to compare them to them. Do you want to compare them to this big three? Should we talk about this? The Heat, again, LeBron James is a floor general. This man is top five all-time in assists. D-Wade, we know he was already a champion when he showed up there. So it was like they fit. It was a two, three, and four bronze, kind of like a three-one. So you had a floor general. Don't, don't you disrespect Mario Chalmers. This man knew how to get him in their system, knew how to run the offense. And look, Mario Chalmers, Ch- Chalmers, is Chalmers, whatever his name is, is a national champion and won two champions yep. with the Heat. Yep. All I'm saying is LeBron's top five in, uh, in assists. These guys had Rondo. Yep. Who's another big three? Let's get another big three. The Warriors. This is a big four, a big five. Look, you had Steph. You have Clay. You had Steve Kerr that was already there. You had Eric Spolster that was already there. You had Doc Rivers that was already there. And you know what? Draymond is a floor general. They had a guy that was out there facilitating to the three of them. He would catch it, move it to the next person, catch it, move it to the next person. This is why I'm expressing to you there should be concerns about Phoenix building out the rest of their roster because all of these other big threes that actually worked, they had some very, very important pieces. Now, let's go to this one. The 2023-24 Suns, they have a brand new coach. Kevin Durant played 20 games for them last year. Bradley Beal has not played meaningful basketball in the 20s. Since the 20-teens, that's when he was playing basketball, high-level basketball. So the fact that they don't have a coach that's already been established in a system, the fact that they don't have a floor general, all of these things lead me to be very apprehensive when I'm saying, oh, they should be the favorites. Did we just not watch what Denver did to everyone last year? So that's my thing. When we look at these three big threes, they had a coach that was established, and Doc Rivers had been there. Eric Spolstra, still there. Steve Kerr, still there. They had floor generals, Rondo, LeBron, Draymond. This is what this team is lacking. Do they have a hell of a start? Yes. But ultimately, Austin, the thing that I see that they're missing is quite a bit. Yeah, but I think the biggest thing here is they have three prolific scores. Yes. They have guys that are able to playmake and, and, and create. Uh, you know, right now, like you said, they don't have the accommodating pieces, but it's a good problem to have. They have the hard part done already. They have yes, they do. Power. Yes, they, they do. They have star power. They have unselfish guys, willing guys. I think Brad is is very comfortable and willing to go there and be the third option. Uh, I don't think he has a choice with these two guys there, but this three right here, man, with some decent pieces around there. Obviously, there's questions around Aiden. What's going to happen with that? Yes. You know, the, the, 
they got the hard part done already, man. I, I, I like this team. I like where they're going. It is different makeup from these three teams. Okay. But, uh, you know, we'll see, man. Well, we'll see. The, that, that's my thing. I think that this team has a hell of a start. They got a brand new owner, but you got a, first, a, a brand new head coach. Hasn't really established a relationship with any of the players. So, it could be some drama, but I liked it. If, look, if you ask me, if I was the head coach, I would be okay to start with those three. Yeah, and then, I'll be yeah. okay to start with them. And then after you trade DeAndre Aiden, you'll get all of the other rest of the pieces yep. and, and just make sure that it's locked in. But still to come on NBA Today, Scoot Henderson or Brandon Miller? You won't want to miss with Jay Billis and Woj in the mock draft crew breakdown. What the Hornets should do at number two? Keep it locked right here on NBA Today. With the second pick in the 1990 NBA Draft, in the 2007 NBA Draft, the Seattle Supersonics select Gary Payton from Oregon State, Kevin Durant from the University of Texas. No matter how good you are, if you don't work hard, nothing will happen for you. Durant, oh, and a foul! Oh, you gotta love that action! What an assist from Gary Payton. Shot clock at five. Kevin Durant way outside, delivers! I mean, my goodness. We are just two days away from the NBA draft, and one of the biggest questions heading in is who's going to be selected at number two. In fact, Woj and Jonathan Gavoni, they reported that both Brandon Miller and Scoot Henderson, they came in for additional workouts as Charlotte zeroes in on who they're going to be selecting with that pick. But Henderson, he's explosive on the floor. He just oozes confidence off of it. But for him, coming into this draft, it took a lot of time with his family. Here we go. It's showtime! Scoop Henderson! He dumped the ball at eighth grade, and I was like, oh, that's different. He put that thing on you now. And there is Scoot Henderson. On the court, Scoot Henderson is a powerful 6'2", 196-pound guard. But to really know Sterling Scoot Henderson, you have to know the foundation that supports him. I'm Diamond. I'm Scoot's older sister, and he got his killer mentality for me. I'm Onyx. I'm Scoot's older sister, and he got everything for me. I'm Jay, Scoop's oldest brother, and he got his music taste from me. I'm CJ, and I'm not gonna lie, he got all his basketball skills from me. And China, she helps me styling, stuff like that. And then Crystal, she's doing her thing at GSU now, hooping in school. His father gave him his nickname. There's a ton of stories rolling around about him scooting on his butt, but his dad just gives nicknames out. Growing up in a family of seven, it can be hard to stand out, but not for Scoot. A complete happy kid, very family-oriented, loving, and very competitive. Anything come up, we, we're going to make a, a sport of it. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Me and my brother used to be outside dunking on my little sister. You know, that never gets old. It's going to go down, and, and it's going to be three on four. The girls are undefeated, Yeah, girls are always, like, still standing tall. I'm pretty sure we yard. beat y'all in the next play before. Front yard. Y'all sure. never beat us at the next play. I'm trying to tell never. you, bro. Trust me, bro. I remember it like it was yesterday. Scoot was physically dominant amongst his peers. 
From as early as five years old, he played above his age level with his brother CJ and excelled. I used to have to carry his birth certificate because they wouldn't believe he was whatever age he was. Like, let me see that birth certificate. We all played up, but when he played up, he just looked like he was supposed to be there. It was constant arguing in the stands just because people would be like, he's too old, he's old. He's and it's like, big. no, he's actually the youngest in his <laughs> class. How old were you when you realized you wanted to be a professional athlete? I want to say 15, okay. like 15, 16, based on how much I worked on my game. It just started to get kind of, I don't want to say easy, because that's kind of like cocky, but it kind of started to get too easy. I just wanted to challenge myself. That was my goal, to make it to the league and, you know, do it for my family. Scoot and his family made the decision to leave high school a year early and sign a contract with the NBA G League Ignite. And that was just the best option for me. I knew it was going to be high-level competition every night. You're competing with guys that are trying to make it. These guys are fighting, fighting on a daily basis. You're playing with people that have kids. You're playing with some people that have kids your age. Becoming the youngest player to sign to the NBA G League and being one of the biggest names in the NBA draft can inflate one's ego. Scoot Henderson with the monster clock. But there's something that has always kept Scoot grounded. My family. They keep me confident, like they boost my head up, but they'll always let me know when I'm messing up. I think when you have older siblings, we, we don't really allow that. You, you might need a noogie every now and then. He's bigger than everybody now, but he's ticklish. He's ticklish. You know? <laughs> Do you ever stop and think about how unique it is? The seven of y'all, it's like very fairy tale, and you're about to be an NBA pro? Nah, not till now, but yeah, that's pretty crazy. You know, I know I'm blessed. Oh man, I love that. All right, let's take a look at the top 10 in the latest mock draft. That has Scoot going third to the Blazers after Victor Wembanyama and Brandon Miller go to the Spurs and the Hornets respectively. This is all according to our Jonathan Gavoni and Jeremy Wu. We will have much more from our mock draft crew coming up after the break. One of my goals in life and also on the basketball court is to be myself. It's an everyday practice ever since I touched the basketball. From times to times, I gotta go back to myself, meditate. You gotta remind yourself that you love yourself, you're good with your body, you're good with your mind. You gotta realize how lucky you are to be in that environment. Sometimes you just gotta go back to your roots, your true self. Victor. You are one of the more captivating young athletes that we've seen in quite some time. The draft is an event that I've been waiting for. It's going to be one of the most important nights in my life. Make sure to catch Robin Roberts' conversation with Victor Wembanyama tomorrow on Good Morning America. Also, the 77th annual NBA Draft. It's Thursday from Barclays Center in Brooklyn, 8 Eastern on ABC, ESPN, ESPN Radio, and the app. Our coverage, it begins at 7.30 on ESPN, right after SportsCenter. Our mock draft crew has more. 
Just over 48 hours away from having this draft board fully filled out. We expect Victor Wimbanyama's name to go up top with the Spurs, number one overall pick. Conversation around two and three with the Hornets Trailblazers remains very interesting. That's going to be the focus of our discussion here. That's Jay Billis, Andrea Carter, Bobby Marks. I'm Dallin Cuff. Uh, and Jay, I'll start with you. The Hornets have the option right now. It looks like Brandon Miller. It looks like Scoot Henderson. How would you assess their decision? A little bit of a coin flip, uh, I think. They're two very different players. I mean, Scoot Henderson, the more dynamic in transition, getting to the basket. He's only 6'2", but he's got the arms of a 6'9 guy. And he reminds you a little bit uh, with his athletic profile and his competitive nature of a young Russell Westbrook. Uh, the shooting piece isn't there yet. He's not a great shooter, inconsistent uh, from both the field and, and the free throw line, but there's no question about getting to the rim and finishing and making plays not only for himself but for others. He's a very good passer, and his G League numbers, offensive rating, uh, assists, rebounds, better than Jalen Green's when he was in the G League, and Jalen Green was the, the number two overall pick a couple years ago. Uh, but Brandon Miller is the better shooter, and in a league that really values shooting, to have a 6'9 guy that can consistently knock down threes, whether off the catch, off the dribble, and pick and roll situations. Uh, he grabbed over eight rebounds a game at, at Alabama, and I think he can be and is a multi-positional defender. Uh, I would lean toward the shooting piece, frankly. Uh, I think Brandon Miller uh, is, is, there's no question he's the better shooter, but I would lean toward the shooting piece. But but I do think it's it's uh, really a coin flip. Well, Jay, you mentioned a league that values three-point shooting, also a Charlotte team that needs three-point shooting. I mean, they were bottom of the league in three-point field goal attempts, three-point field goal percentage. So for Brandon Miller coming in that hits 38% from three, that's a huge piece where he can contribute immediately as far as knocking down those shots goes I mean Scoot Henderson there's an upside in terms of he played in the G League he played against pros you see glimpses of what his shot could be he hits that step back three against Wimbanyama and you get excited but again the consistency piece wasn't there so in terms of the NBA and in terms of what Charlotte specifically needs and can use I think Brandon Miller's a better option and I'm going to put my front office hat on here and I think you, what the Hornets have to do is how much separation is there between Brandon Miller and and Scoot Henderson. And although you have LaMelo Ball at point guard, if you feel that Scoot Henderson is the best available there with clear separation, then you go that direction. But I'm in the majority with, with Jay and Andrea as far as Brandon Miller, I think, is the best available right there. And I think he certainly fits a position of need. And the one thing you don't want to do is get cute at pick number two, especially when you're trying to build this franchise through the draft. Yeah, great insight. I was wondering if, how you approach that with if there is separation or not in terms of best available. Even Come on, Charlotte. Pick. All right, praying hands. You go, go in Hornets hat. There you go. Enjoy it. I'm in the city. Come on. She's in the city. She's a big fan. Let's go. We'll see what they do. We'll see it at 8 o'clock Eastern on ESPN and ABC Thursday night. That's it for us. Back to you, Malika. Andrea, gentlemen, thank you so very much. Our next WNBA games, they're on ABC. Elena Deladon and the Mystics, they'll be in Barclays Center to take on Brianna Stewart and Liberty. And then our very own Janae Ogumake and the Sparks. They host the Wings in Los Angeles. We're going to be back in 60 seconds, and we'll be TikToking with Richard Jefferson. NBA Today is presented by Xfinity Mobile, the best-kept wireless secret. Yeah, I can put dough. Yo, get them donuts. Get out of them donuts. Get out of them. Get, get your get, get your ass out of them donuts. Five seconds, man. Yes, I went bald when I was young. 
Stop tagging me in this video. I do not look like that. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the winner, Jason Tatum, looking clean. He's got the J's matching the fit. We got to travel on Loverboy over here. You guys want to get your face on NBA Today? Look, stitch this and give us your hot take for the season. We're going to put your face up on that big screen and answer your questions. You already know what time it is. I know you guys missed this TikToking with Richard, and we got a special guest. We got Austin. Is it Reeves or Rivers? Which one? Which one is it? You are on a roll. <laughs> okay. Anyways, let's let's get started. We're gonna see what our what's our first TikTok. Don't make fun of the beanie. This is not a fashion show. Let's break it down to NBA faces. Preseason, midseason, incorrect on your very own show, nonetheless. Whatever happened here, I mean, you take someone out of a coma that didn't get to watch this NBA season, they would think, what is going on with LeBron? Take it back to the man that is all-knowing, Brian Windhorst. I mean, this guy really knew everything that was happening. Now, why is that? All right, Perk, what do you think of that one? Tobias, by the way, that is a terrible hat. You look like a little gnome, so we're definitely going to make fun of you. But, Perk, what do you think? I actually thought that was a great pick. I thought, Wendy, that was an all-time classic, and he knew something was up, but he played crazy, and just everything about it will be forever remembered by the great Brian Wentworth. Anything else, Richard? No, no, that's it. You can go. You're clear for the show. I'm tired of looking at your face. All right, roll the next TikTok. Get his ugly mug out of here. It's my show. I'm hosting. I'm the captain. What's the next one? My favorite NBA moment this season definitely had to be Patrick Beverly showing the referee the camera to show how LeBron got fouled. I mean, the referee did not care about Patrick Beverly's attempt to show him the foul, and he actually received a tech. But the funny thing about this is that Patrick Beverly literally received a technical foul for providing evidence because no matter how many times we watch that clip, we all know that Jason Tatum fouled LeBron James. Even Jason Tatum, who was laughing about the situation, claimed that he didn't know what happened, but I mean, why would he admit? I'm going to be really honest. That was elite. That was one of our favorite moments of the season. Again, that was kind of paired with the same one. This mm -hmm. NBA season has been over-the-top dramatic. It has been too much. I'm glad it's the offseason. What's our last TikTok? Love the subtle flex of the rich. The subtle flex? Oh! Greg! Hey, I can't believe we finally made it to our wedding week. I absolutely cannot wait to marry you. Hi, Greg. Mom and Dad here. Just wanted to say congratulations. We're so proud of you. I know we've been through a lot this year with us moving across the country and your Zag is losing to my Yukon Huskies in March Madness. But don't worry, I'm confident that you can redeem yourself next year. Love you so much. Congratulations. Love you. I love you so much and I can't wait to see you. First of all, I love a woman that can give a shout out when her alma mater beats yours, <laughs> right? Because honestly, like UConn is a much better basketball uh, program. But look, ultimately, look, Greg, you overachieved by a mile, bro. You overachieved by a mile. <laughs> oh, man. Kristen, Greg, congratulations. I mean, not me getting yes. misty over here watching that. We know that we're going to get to see you in a couple of weeks, but congratulations again. Enjoy the wedding, enjoy your honeymoon. For those at home who don't know, Greg is the backbone of every show that we put on NBA Today, and we are going to miss him dearly uh, for the next couple of weeks when he's away. But <laughs> what was that, Rich? 
No, I'm sorry. Ooh. I'm not going to start playing Taz. I, I, I was going to salute a fallen soldier, man. My guy's uh -oh. falling down. But he's overachieving. He's overachieving. Yeah, he's, he'll be on Congratulations. his way back. All right. We'll be back tomorrow yeah. at 3 o'clock Eastern on ESPN2, yeah. including our exclusive <laughs> <laughs> conversation. Yo, who dressed her? I didn't even listen, realize. It looks I'm not saying that y'all are related, but damn.